0: Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Simon Severino. What if you could hang out with sprinters and ask them about their problems, their workflows and how they solved their problem? That's exactly what we do here at the Strategy Sprints podcast. And today we explore with the president of Diamond Equity Advisors, why having a financial advisor makes a difference for you and how to manage your wealth the right way. Welcome, everybody, Perry Jeffries.
1: Hey, hey, pleasure Pleasure to be here. How are you, sir?
0: So cool to have you here. And it's so relevant. Today we talk money and wealth and it's relevant and everybody has some sort of question right now. And uh, let's go there so what are you currently yeah. creating jeffrey
1: yeah man so uh, we're super excited here uh, because so many of our clients are entrepreneurs uh and we know that the uh, the financial planning process for entre- entrepreneurs or the wealth creation process for entrepreneurs is very different than someone who has a nine to five so uh we realize uh, that we can't work one-on-one with you know a million clients is just not feasible so we're excited uh, to share that we recently launched a membership called the cash flow club but it's spelled with a k uh... so the cash flow club and what it is uh... simon is, is it is a uh... Um, a, a financial netflix if you will so an area for entrepreneurs startups six and seven figure entrepreneurs to go to get the financial uh... information that pertains to them as entrepreneurs and small business owners. So we recently launched that, man. We're super, super excited about that because we know we're going to be able to help so many entrepreneurs who we know need that guidance around their finances, whether it's managing the cash flow, investing or whatever the case may be.
0: Beautiful. And you are a special expert because you are the first person on this podcast, who is certified also to advise on crypto related investments. I didn't even know that there is a certification yet. Where where can one become certified?
1: Yeah, so uh, we uh, got certified through RIADAC, R-I-A-D-A-C. I think they recently changed their name here since I've been on vacation from the email I received, but, you know, with crypto and you know, digital assets being such a popular topic, you have to address it so you'll find most, you know, older school financial advisors are kind of late coming to the game. They're like, oh, you know, that's something that your kids are invested in. This is what you should do with your real money. And we realize that that's uh, not the way to think about the thing. Cryptocurrency, digital assets are not going away blockchain technology is not going away, so uh, we uh, uh, took that step forward to go and get uh, certified in the space so that we could help our clients, especially, uh, again, those business owners who are looking to try to create wealth and understanding that they may have to have a fast process than the, oh, I'm going to work for 40, 50 years and retire. So we do see, you know, uh, cryptocurrency and digital assets as a piece of the overall financial planning or wealth building strategy. So, yeah, we're super excited about it, man. It It was fun going through vacation because I learned so much more than I actually realized as well.
0: Absolutely. And personally, I can't wait until we get to the Bitcoin part because right today I was selling stocks and uh, and uh, shifting everything into Bitcoin. I'm right now at 31% pure Bitcoin of my overall portfolio, which is super aggressive, super okay. risky. And so I'm, I'm excited. And many here are thinking about this because right now Bitcoin is at 33,000. And, um, you know, we had 60K in um, three months ago. And so many mm-hmm. people think 100, many people think 250. Other people say, yeah, you don't know how the world reacts and when the two worlds bridges. So we are super excited to go there. But uh, first, tell us one example. So who, who is it that comes to you? Uh, they are business leaders and they have some financial acumen. But what is it? Why should we have a, a, a financial advisor nevertheless?
1: Yeah. So kind of what we did um, when we went independent back in 2014, uh, we found out that so many of our clients were entrepreneurs, especially ones who followed us when we left the big corporation and went independent. And what we found after we started working with them is, man, y'all don't need investment strategies as much as you need someone to help you manage the business finances. So think about it this way entrepreneurs have a business, that business is generating revenue, but do they really know how to uh, manage that revenue that comes in? So what we started to do was we started to become more of what we call a fractional CFO. So what we started doing was managing the core problem that most entrepreneurs had, how to pay themselves, how to pay taxes, how much money to save for profit, uh, things of that nature. So in doing that, we became a profit first professional. I'm kind of giving this backstory here to how kind of to bring it all together here for you. So are the person who typically comes to us is the business owner who's usually doing less than five million uh, a year in revenue, and I'm saying this in US dollars, uh, a five million less in uh, revenue because they have a a healthy business that's generating income, but they really don't know how to pay themselves when they can hire the profit that they should be making, really understanding their margins. They don't understand all of that stuff. So if they're not in a position to hire a full-time CFO, which is usually two to $300,000 a year, that's where we come in with our strategies uh, from a fractional CFO. So we have about ten clients across the country uh, where we're their fractional CFO, we come in for a fraction of the cost. So that's our ideal client.
0: Beautiful. And so you help people create that wealth and make the, the business being a wealth generating machine uh, and so and a well-oiled machine, uh, that they can actually enjoy because with that volume, you shouldn't, uh, you, you should enjoy, right? It's not a hustle anymore. Now it's about scaling, and scaling is the cool part of a business that you really Absol- can
1: enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. And to That's your point, point that is now, hey, the revenue is coming in. What should I, I do, do with it? it? Right, so you know, should I expand? Should I go hire more staff? Should I buy a building? But your finances should be to tell you that. So we help that entrepreneur, that small business owner, listen to their cash flow, so that the cash flow dictates when they should turn left or turn right, and then kind of get into the investment piece when they should start investing and how they should invest. So you're spot on. We turn the business into a well-oiled machine that kicks off the the cash or the profits to be able to create wealth
0: which is beautiful and hopefully we can help uh, some people here find inspiration because this is so important and, uh, and then comes what I have learned over the years. And I-, I wish I had learned this before. Then comes this point when you are here at the scaling point. Now it's about finding the leverage, finding the multiplier. The one thing that when you do it, it makes 10x, 5x, 2x, 1.5x, whatever. Find that thing. So we have now this engine, it's it's working. And the first question now, how to reinvest the profits? Uh, you are also a Profits First certified consultant. So you help your people see their profits and every month they know exactly, okay, that's the profit part. Now from this profit part, what's the best way to manage our wealth? What will be growth generating activities and one of them, of course, is letting your money work or your assets work for you, which in sometimes maybe even a multiple of, um, of what you can even earn or your team can earn. So
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so where we go with that is we, we believe in making things, simplifying things. Sometimes we can all overcomplicate things, especially us as entrepreneurs. We want to overcomplicate stuff. And what I found is we have to think about financial planning, especially for the small business owners. It has to be in terms that my 11-year-old daughters can understand. So what we do is this. So let's say your business is cash flow and it's healthy. What do we do with the profit? So we look at it simply this way. We actually create three different buckets, okay? So you have a now bucket, a soon bucket, and a later on bucket. Your now bucket is money that you need, say in the next zero to 12 months, so in less than a year. In that bucket, you just keep it in cash. We don't invest those dollars. If you need in six months to go buy a house or a building or a car, or whatever the case may be, you don't invest that dollars, we leave it in cash. Then you have the soon bucket. The soon bucket is money that you say, hey, I'm gonna need in probably two to ten years. Okay. In that bucket, we wanna invest it, but we want to try to outpace inflation. So here in the US, inflation is coming in, say around three, four percent. In that bucket, we don't need to knock the cover off the ball. We don't need a home run. What we need in that bucket is probably, you know, five to seven percent. Okay. But what we're really looking to do is keeping it in something that's very liquid so that we can take money out if we need to, you know, in this area more for two to ten years. And then you have the later on bucket. So that's the bucket that's ten years out. That's where we have our stocks and our cryptocurrency and digital assets and things of that nature. So if you think about the machine like this, money is coming into the business, right? You, you, you've now uh, uh, divided everything up into income, profit, taxes, owner's compensation, operating expense. So you have those five uh, uh, envelopes, if you will. Then after that money comes into the profit, what do you do with it? We then identify, is it now money, soon money, or later on money? And now we can determine where we're going to put those dollars so now it's really simple to follow so when money comes in and we have that cushion hey it's an easy conversation with our clients is this now money soon money later on if it's later on that's going to our stock portfolio or to our aggressive portfolio with our our cryptocurrency and blockchain and digital assets if it's a soon uh Assume bucket, then we know we're going to be a little bit more conservative with it because we know we may have to tap into that money in two to ten years. And if it's now money, money we need in less than a year, we keep it in cash. And I know we're not making any money on cash. Interest rates are super low. I get that, but we want to keep that money liquid. So now it's an easy system to follow. You don't even have to be a financial expert to implement that.
0: Beautiful. And uh, let's go to the to the third bucket, because right now this is hot. Um, Bitcoin is at 33,000, and now there are 100 problems with that. There are the super, the super purists like Michael Saylor. They say go 100% in, keep it 10 years. It is the real estate of the future. There can no, nothing can go wrong. It's just a question of time. And on the other side, people like yesterday, I was talking to Nolan Bush, uh, um, Bushnell, who uh, was the founder of Atari. And, uh, and he invented gaming, basically, and he gave Steve Jobs his first job. Uh, and, and he said to me, Simon, be careful with Bitcoin, because there is proof of work and there is is proof of stake. And uh, he thinks proof of stake, uh, which the altcoins are based on, will be stronger uh, than proof of work. So Bitcoin might not even be the most secure foundation of all of all this. Uh, what's your take on this?
1: Yes. So first we have to kind of think about um, when Bitcoin was created and what it was, uh, the the, the purpose of it when it first came out. So initially uh, when it first came out, it was supposed to be a digital currency. Well, frankly, it's kind of failed. The test to become a digital currency, because when you think about currencies, currencies can be created. So in the U.S., we can print money. Right. So if if we need to put money into the market, we can go and we can print more cash. We can't print more Bitcoin. It is a finite amount of it. So it's only 21 million Bitcoins out there right? And right now we have 18.5 that are used. So the other, the other, say, 3 million or so are going to roll out. So it's not going to be a digital currency. And that's where we first have to get our head wrapped around. It's like, okay, this is not going to be you know, the currency the way we thought it was going to be. But what it is, is an asset. So we think about it from a financial planning standpoint. Uh, as a kind of like almost like a gold there's a finite m- number you know what I'm saying, amount of gold on the planet so when you have that finite number you have this intrinsic value already built into it because it's not anymore out there so if you think about it if all of the bitcoin is going to be you know bought up by 2025 or 2030 whatever, whatever those numbers are down the road well if we're on if we have eight, only 21 million and we're at 18 million right now it's very little left so compare to the altcoins is going to, to serve a different purpose. It is literally going to function and kind of our stance function like gold in that sense because it's not anymore being created. Now some of the other, you know, the altcoins and things of that nature may, you know, may function better as current and kind of when you look at their use case and things of that nature. But so many of these coins, when you think about it, uh, are either using uh, Bitcoin or, or, or that blockchain as they're holding. So you think about it as their, like their core space. Uh, Ethereum is the same way. So a lot of people are building their coins on top of that blockchain, those blockchains. So it's not going to waste. So it's going to maintain some value. But we are kind of long-term thought of it is we definitely want to hold it inside a portfolio. It is going to be a longer-term play. It is, it is not the, uh, uh, the cryptocurrency that you want to go in and trade. You tell clients, hey, if you want to go and trade and jump in out of different things, please you know, do that through your Coinbase account, things of that nature. But we do hold Bitcoin and some other, uh, you know, uh, other digital assets inside portfolios, again, in that long-term bucket. So that's our kind of view on it, that it's not going to be a currency. It's going to function more like an asset-like gold.
0: Wow and uh, it's really changing the world right today i got two notifications on my phone one was from my bank uh, that the costs of just having the bank account this week were 170 dollars and then i got another notification from the bitcoin wallet which said you just earned 400 dollars this week just by having it uh, being there (laughs) this is changing everything now we are the bank
1: oh yeah. When you think about it, you know I'm saying? So the whole uh, decentralized finance is where this is going. Like I saw when uh, I got a notice with my wallet, like, you now can actually get a line of credit based upon the Bitcoin that you own. And it's like, wow, you don't have to go to the bank and, and have to, you know, uh, give your blood type and your third born and, and to try to get a loan. You, you can now get that financing in house in that cryptocurrency space. That's huge, may not you know, qualify to get your traditional finance and can now get financing based upon that asset. So again, kind of going back to my initial uh, uh, comment earlier, is an asset we believe in holding that can be actually to your point leveraged because you talked about the multiplier and things of that nature. Holding that asset to be able to borrow against that asset without having to go through banks, and then if you're using that money wisely because you came through and your and your, your business finances in order, now you can use that money as arbitrage, right? So you look at the arbitrage play on this piece, Simon. You no, know, if you're borrowing money at you no know, three four percent. And you can put it in something that's making, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100% uh, of returns. So whether that's a real estate transaction or whatever the case may be, now that leverage, and that's how you can create wealth a lot faster. But you just have to make sure that it's a solid plan around it and you're not just flying off the seat of your payments.
0: And then you said inflation, because I think this is also one question in everybody's mind. Is inflation right now... Officially, it's corrected at 2% from one7 to 2%. So that's the official. And then there is another one that we see, which is up to 20 to 30% devaluation of our money because just of this wild printing based on, on depth and depth and depth. So no foundation yeah. and printing, printing, printing 40% uh, printed in the last two months. So what is the real inflation from your perspective going on and how from an, a, a portfolio construction point of view, how should we prepare for that?
1: Man, great question. So when you, to your point, when you look at the hyperinflation because of the premium of money, the devaluing of cash and things of that nature, we know it's someplace in the middle, but of us are kind of like, well, what is that middle place? Is it, is it the five? Is it the 10? Is it the 15? So we really don't have a crystal ball on that one to say, hey, this is where it is. Take a back from that above, you know, the macro level, if you will, take a step back and say, okay, inflation typically is how the cost of goods and services increase over time right so if we set a parameter let's say that we set that at say five percent and kind of just go there and we're watching the market and, and we're paying attention to what i call i let me take a step back here so in full disclosure when i'm helping clients versus getting into a lot of the macro and the micro i use common sense investing right so i say hey how much did gas cost you a year ago how much does it cost now how much did a you know gallon of milk cost you a year ago? How much does it cost now? That's giving us a true indicator of how uh, the cost of goods and services is going. We can then back into that number and say, well, if it's going up by 5%, 10%, then that's, we know that is the point in that we need to say, hey, our money needs to grow at that 10 right so we pay attention to things that way so kind of going back to your initial question our thoughts on it how you build your portfolio pay attention to your consumerism how you spend your money and how your money is spending is going to be the best indicator of what's really going on with the market. Because we can kind of hear a lot of the noise going in the background, hey, is this, hey, is that. But really what it comes down to is how much does that gallon of milk, how much does that loaf of bread cost compared to a year ago? If you're paying to, to attention to those numbers as a consumer, then now you can reverse engineer and say, man, I need to grow my money by you know, this percentage based upon what's going on. And then you can also make that adjustment. As well, then when you get to that portfolio, now, soon, and later on, the now money, you know, you're gonna lose that money. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose that battle to inflation. Right now, cash is not earning any, anything from that standpoint. So you know you're gonna lose that. So that's why we only keep you know what you need for uh, expenses that's gonna be in the next year. Or so the so soon, if we know that inflation is coming in at that, you know. 5, six 10 percent based upon your spending well then you know that bucket needs to try to be in that particular space and then where you can make up a, a lot of ground is in that later on bucket with your different stocks and cryptocurrency and digital assets and altcoins and things of that nature so that's how we look at it we take you try to take some of the complexity out of it because most people aren't going to be able to read charts most people aren't going to be reading the financial newspapers and things of that nature but they sure know if the cost of red went up, you know from a dollar to
0: you know a dollar fifty many people who were here uh, have have recommended hey if you don't want to trade actively all the time just build a passive portfolio have this kind of etfs uh, diversify them go index funds nasdaq and s p 500 have been uh, named here directly now in the last months there is S- there a couple couple things happened one is volatility is a little bit more bizarre than usual and then there is this possible inflation or even hyperinflation coming up is index fund and just uh, letting it go even maybe dollar cost averaging every month something and then just not thinking about it is this still uh, the right strategy
1: so that's a really good question. How I would attack this if a client comes to me and says, "Hey, Perry, I was told to just you know do index fund investing, like you said, dollar cost averaging to it. Does that make sense?" From a core holding, it still does. Historically speaking, most traders have not been able to outpace, and this is even the professional money managers with mutual funds, you know, outpace what the general market is doing. Right. So, as a core holding, we still like that, but. With that being said, even without being a trader, after you get outside of that core holding, we then work with our clients to help them build, build their own portfolios. So all of our clients have different portfolios. They may have similar core holdings, but they have different portfolios. So I'm always asked this question, like, hey, parents, so what's a good stock, I, what, should, what stock should I buy? You know, what company should I invest in? And then we go this direction with them. And it, this is usually the point, Simon, where they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. I tell them this. This may be your core holding here, this ETF or this index fund or this one growth fund, whatever the case may be, for your long-term bucket. Then I say, now, what I need you to do is go to your bank statement. They say, okay, and I want you to download your transactions for the last 60, 90 days. They say, okay, where are you spending your money? And they're like, huh? Where are you spending your money? So let's look at what you have around the home. Like, Like right now, I'm on a MacBook Pro, Apple, I got an iPhone, Apple. Do I own Apple stock? Okay. Hey, you spent this money on utilities. Do you own that utility company? Right? Hey, you spent this money on, uh, you know, electronics. Or like in our case, you know, the pandemic had everybody working virtually from home. Which means a lot of people have a lot of apps that they're using to be able to run their businesses. Do you own those stocks? I built a virtual work portfolio based upon my experience and the experience of other entrepreneurs, you know, in that particular space. So picking up stocks like Slack and, 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 and things of that nature. Why? Because we're forced to use them right now. So with so Zoom, things of that nature. So I tell people, a lot of times we can overthink the investing piece, literally take your consumer hat off and become an owner with that. If you're spending Every month on a subscription. If you're spending every month on, you know, utilities. If you're spending every month on clothes. If every month, you know, you're uh, uh, you're having Amazon deliver packages to your home. Those are the stocks you should own. So even without being a trader, you can have that core. Or a portfolio you know that that index fund that nasdaq or dow or s p or whatever the case may be as your core holding but make sure you're owning from an ancillary standpoint the other stocks or other companies where you're spending your money every month you know here's a funny one right here you ask people all the time hey did you brush your teeth today well yeah i brushed my teeth well who made the toothpaste is that procter and gamble like how many people are brushing their teeth I, like i don't care how bad the pandemic were even though we were social distancing, people were still brushing their teeth and still using toilet paper. Figure out who's, right, figure that out and own that. So that's, that's, that's my two cents on the portfolio. Again, we simplify everything. We try not to get too caught up in this space because people can't understand it. But if we say, hey, where do you, where do you spend your money every month, and if you see it on your bank statement every month, that's probably a stock or a company you should own.
0: Beautiful. And I'm so curious who you nominate for the Strategy Award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprints.com
1: slash tools.
0: So when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging. But from your perspective, they're doing the right thing. Who do you nominate?
1: I'm going to nominate a friend of mine. His name is Flame Newton. And uh, Simon, the reason I'm going to nominate him is um, he's he has a, a wild story. He's actually on. I uh, we actually had on, on an episode of one of our podcasts, and he's a credit specialist. Uh, has actually been earmarked as the top credit specialist in the entire United States of America. But his story is pretty amazing. Uh, in that he became a credit specialist uh, for for stealing credit reports people who had horrible credit. So he wasn't stealing credit. 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 He actually spent time in federal prison for this. So his story is pretty amazing. So he had credit and learn how to take the people with the 400 scores to become seven and 800 scores. And, and, and he spent some time for it. But because of that, you know, since he's been released and this happened years ago, uh, he's just an expert in this space. He's recognized by some of the top people, uh, in the credit industry, as far as like the major firms, like the TransUnion and Equifax and the Experian and things of that nature. And I recently just released a book. Um, I think it's called the school of credit, uh, flame Newton, but uh, that's why I would nominate man. Cause, uh, his, he always goes against the grain. Oh well, I thought I was supposed to do this to build my credit, and it's like, no, you should be doing this. And how does he know this? Because he's been in the back rooms uh, with the experts. You know, he learned the, the the business to the point where he could build a, a credit profile to you know uh, capture millions of dollars. So uh, he's definitely that that person who is zigging when everybody else is acting.
0: Three books that inspired you.
1: Oh man, so um. Here, recently, it has to be Making Money is Killing Your Business. Uh, the author is Chuck Blakeman. Phenomenal book. Um, I won't go through the whole book, but the, the thing that's really stuck out to me when I read the book, and it really uh, spoke to me at the time, uh, this particular time in my life as an entrepreneur, in my entrepreneur journey, said you have to have three systems uh, to, 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 to do well in business. You have to have a system for operations. You have to have a system for marketing and you have to have a system for your finances. And the reason it resonated so well with me, Simon, is because I was like, well, what do we really help our clients with on the financial side? Really what we do is help them build systems. Because you know, everybody may not, be, may not uh, be able to work, may not be able to afford, work with us, but what systems can we give them to help them thrive? So we tell them, if you can't hire the expert, you better know the system. So when I read that, Book. It just resonated like crazy, like, oh my gosh, we are the system that these entrepreneurs need. So that's a super impactful book. So that book right there. Uh, next book, uh, Six Months to Six Figures by Peter Vug. I read this uh, back in 2014 uh, when I lost my last corporate job and went independent, and it was a game changer for me. Uh, just understanding my value in the marketplace and understanding that you're always compensated by the value that you bring to the marketplace. So that was huge right there. Um, and then um, other one will probably be a book by Austin Netsley, uh, who was actually one of my first coaches uh, coach that I picked up. I believe his book is uh, From Six to Seven Figures. He's an operation guy. And what I learned when I first went independent uh, as an entrepreneur assignment was, yeah, I knew how to invest money. But knowing how to invest money and understanding portfolio management and things of that nature is not the same as running your finances as an entrepreneur, right? Running that, understanding P&L and cash flow and and margins and things of that nature. Is a totally different skill set than, hey, this is a great fund or ETF or mutual fund that you need to invest in, right? And uh, what he helped me really understand was you can put a system and attach a system to everything. So um, when I first hired him, he helped me uh, scale my business by, I think it was 400, I'm sorry, 570% within 90 days. So I say definitely go check him out. So those, those are my three.
0: Beautiful. And uh, he will be soon on this podcast, actually. Yeah. Is it awesome to be on here? Awesome. That's my guy. So,
1: so, so you'll appreciate this, Simon. Uh, uh, I was client zero. I was the first client to come to his 2X program when he first lost.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. So he's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend (laughs) of mine. He's he's a good friend of mine. (laughs) And so what are you excited about? looking forward with your own business as president of your business
1: yeah so um i had a i had a uh, health scare here recently uh, Simon. so at the end of 2020 um it started off with a severe break in the leg so i totally blew up my ankle and had to have reconstructive surgery on that then uh, while i was recovering from that. Somehow I got COVID uh, and then got COVID. And then when I, I, that wasn't bad for me, recovered from that pretty easily. But then very soon uh, after recovering from COVID, I was rushed to the emergency uh, to find out I had a blood clot in my lung. So, uh, really, really, really scary times. And and with that being said, I told my team uh, after I had a conversation with my wife, after I was released from the hospital, I said, you know, I love what I do. Uh, I know we're impacting lives, but we have to impact more lives. And the conversation my wife had was, "Well, what happens if you? What what happens if you had died?" And she's like, "You would. A lot of people would have been impacted. You know, not only the family, but your team, team, and also to your, your 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 uh, you know, your clients." And then it got me thinking. Well, what if I had died? What is my legacy that I'm leaving behind? So it really got my head wrapped around, you know, not just scaling the business, but how can I leave a lasting impact if something were to happen to me? Because the one thing we have to plan for is, you know, we don't have to plan for it, at some point in time we're gonna die, right? That, that's, that's that's the reality of it. So what we started doing with my team was saying, okay, we're now building this business as if I'm not gonna be here tomorrow. And in doing that, man, uh, you asked me earlier kind of what we've been working on. We created. this membership called the cash flow club and we're super excited about that because that membership lives my past program which is the profit accelerator small business system which is built off of profit first but then we add our expertise as a traditional financial advisor to that we have interviews with other experts on there so if something were to happen to me that membership will continue to live as my team knows to bring on other experts to help entrepreneurs grow their businesses so it's now that financial netflix so yeah i may have a lot of the core content in it now uh and the systems in there now but as we're adding that to it if something were to happen to me i know that will continue to live on and right now it is perfectly positioned to help so many so many entrepreneurs uh, uh get their finances in order and really create wealth so that's what i'm excited about man is building something that's going to outlive me legitimately not just saying it was something that really will and we're just super excited about that right now
0: beautiful is there anything that I forgot to ask you?
1: No, man. One, um, just I appreciate you uh, having us on here as a guest. Uh, I'm currently uh, uh, just kind of give an idea of what we've been able to do here. You know, and I'm the first to say, hey, I've had many failures as an entrepreneur. So folks, like, you know... Sometimes folks just tell you all the upside. I've had my downsides. I've, I've lost a ton of money trying to figure this thing out. We finally got to a point where we got it figured out. So I would tell uh, those listeners, whether you're a startup or a six or seven figure business looking to make a pivot or just to scale or whatnot, is that we're all in this thing together. And so I appreciate you uh, having a platform like this where, where, you know somebody like me can come in and have a conversation and. Uh, uh, with that being said, I'm sitting here looking at my window, looking at the ocean because actually the family, we're on vacation right now. So I'm in the room, they're out, they're out at the pool and we're able to do this because of those spells that we've had in the past and those lessons. But also too, uh, by building those relationships with other experts and, and, and uh, coming to platforms like this where we can get some expertise. So one, thank you for uh, having us on as a
0: guest. And where do you hang out most? Where can people stay in touch with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Social media, so, you know, as as many of us, you know, Facebook, um, you can go to, actually you go to perryjeffries.com, you'll have access to uh, become a member of the Cashflow Club if that's something that you desire, our YouTube channel, uh, some of our other uh, complimentary uh, content and whatnot, uh, links to the IG, so if you go to just com, that's a great hub for you right there, so definitely people can connect with us on there and, and ask any questions.
0: Perryjeffries.com. And since this audience likes podcasts, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, what's the topic and yeah. how often do you get out?
1: Yeah, so so it's called the Entrepreneur CFO Show. Uh, the logo, if you pull it up on Apple or any, any other uh, podcast platform, it's going to be the eCFO Show. But it's the Entrepreneur CFO Show. And man, we just get in there, man, and just have candid conversations. So, interviewing uh, entrepreneurs, having real conversations so we can get kind of candid, Uh, some some choice words can be used, and uh, it's it's just a good time, man. So uh, definitely go check us out there. Uh, We have some really, really great interviews on there. And uh, when I get back here from vacation, we're definitely going to be ramping that up as well, uh, bringing on some other experts to talk about some different things.
0: Beautiful. Who should be my next guest?
1: Man, um I, I believe uh Flame Newton would be a good one. Uh but uh, I believe but you already have Austin coming in. Austin is my guy, so he's already coming in. So uh nominating him beat me to the punch, uh definitely a, a great person to have on.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom with all of us. And uh stay safe. Enjoy
1: your holiday. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. You know what I'm saying? God bless everyone. Bye bye. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have
0: 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with
1: one-on-one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.